Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither, but hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. Welcome to the Foul Front Podcast. Welcome to the Foul Front Weekly After Action Review. All right. Hey, before we get started here, I just want to share with you something that's been heavy on my heart this last week. My wife and I were forced to move to El Paso, and we ended up there for about three years. And during that time, we came to fall in love with the culture the geography, the people, the environment, even the climate, as hard as that is to believe. El Paso, Texas does have its problems, as most big cities do, but it is not a dirty, barren, and third-world-esque town. In fact, on the contrary, the people there are warm, open-hearted, and friendly. And honestly, they're they're hurting right now, and uh, they're hurting right now from the cowardly actions of someone not from that community. So, show your support for El Paso. Take a visit there. See firsthand what I'm talking about. I've said it a hundred times on this podcast. It is a destination duck hunting paradise. And if you take me up on that offer, you're going to experience and remember El Paso as fondly as I do. I I can guarantee it. It's people's home. 
it's not a political chessboard. And uh, if you, I'm, I'm serious, if you really want a world-class duck hunting experience, it's there, El Paso. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, welcome back to the Foul Fronts Hunting Podcast Review episode. I think I messed that up. But anyways, this show has some serious identity issues when it comes to naming conventions, and for that I apologize. Also, this episode is brought to you by Rivers West. Head on over to our website at foulfront.com and get a promo code for 30% off. Uh, if you want to get into a new jacket or a vest or a beanie um, or a midweight, lightweight coat, yeah, check it out. Rivers West Apparel, and you can get a, a 30% discount from foulfront.com. Oh, and uh, before I forget, uh, let me grab this real quick. Okay, here it is. Danke für Zuhören, Freund. Okay, I butchered that. I'm certain of it. Uh, but thank you for listening, Germany. There's either a couple of dislocated military waterfowl hunters stationed over in Germany that are just ripping through episodes right now, or Germany's getting some serious waterfowl culture. Uh, does, wait, does Germany have a waterfowl? Gee, I, you know what? I'll look into that, and I will report it next week on whether or not there is duck hunting in Germany. I don't even know... If that's a thing. All right. Now, before we get into the podcast rankings, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about a man that you might be interested in. This man was born and raised in Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, and received his bachelor's and his master's degree in economics and uh, political science from George Washington University in Washington, D.C. This man then went and served his country honorably as a captain in the United States Marine Corps. He went on to receive his uh, lawyer degree, what do you call that, JD, I think, uh, from Wyoming University, where he was the senior editor on a publication called Land and Water Law Review. This same man went on to represent ranchers, fossil fuel energy corporations, and the good people of the West in cases against the federal government in light of what he often coined as conservation overreach by the federal government. He eventually became a senior official in the President, uh, President Reagan's administration as the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Energy and Minerals of the Department of the Interior. Uh, after assuming that role and uh, subsequently getting out of it, and he became the president of the Mountain States Legal Foundation, where he sued the Department of the Interior on behalf of oil and gas prospectors, uh, undermined the protections of endangered species, uh, such as grizzly bear and wolves, and then support, uh, supported movements to radically reduce the size of federal lands so that he could make way for the development and income at the state level. In 2016, this man penned, uh, the Founding Fathers intended all lands owned by federal government to be sold. In an article that he titled, The Federal Government Should Follow the Constitution and Sell Its Western Lands. Long story short, please go read that story. Um, but long story short, the man penning this article blames lackluster economies that are handcuffed by the fact that local and state governments in western states have small amounts of taxable land, which reduces income, and that the federal government is hoarding and protecting this land way too much. 
and that is slowing down the way of progress in both industry, economy, and then development, all in the name of overreaching conservation. Citing the cries of ranchers out west who are losing grazing rights on public lands to feed their cattle that they make money off of, and that also feed you, and you probably have some of that in your freezer right now. Um, This man, his name is William Perry Pendley, and he's the recently appointed acting director of the BLM. The BLM, if you're not aware, is the Bureau of Land Management, which manages over 250 million acres of public land. For reference, that's like twice the size of Texas or most of the central flyway from like freaking North Dakota all the way down to Oklahoma, including Iowa and Colorado, probably. And uh, it hosts all sorts of outdoor activities to include hunting and fishing, which is all now managed by the aforementioned man. Um. This coupled with the fact that over three quarters of the BLM Washington, D.C. staff has been relocated to Colorado and geographically distancing the director of the BLM from political rungs in which he's normally supposed to be operating, thus allowing him to be, quote, unquote, closer to the land that he manages. All right. My issue here, your your job is to be a voice, a person that speaks on the behalf of that land to, no offense, frankly, people, or I guess like politicians, if you want to call them that, uh, who are completely unconnected or misinformed on who the hell actually uses these lands and then how important they are to us and our future. Disclaimer for all the good politicians on both sides of the aisle, um, And uh, I'd like a a shout out to all the wonderful and hardworking people that keep the BLM running. So I'm not in any way, shape, or form damning the BLM. Um, And so far, it would sound as, you know, this William Perry Penley guy, uh, BLM, that I'm pretty much just demonizing the heck out of him and, you know, bringing up, okay, this is a man that does not believe in federal oversight of public lands, which has basically been the structure of, of how we've been. Anyways, a lot of people are pretty concerned about this. However, it is to be noted and acknowledged, and it would be boo on me and other green thinking folks out there who may use this information as a scare tactic to duping you into ignorantly supporting their agenda. Just happens that we're kind of on the same side on this one. Um, that they're demonizing this man and his appointment. Mr. Penley, BLM director, uh, can't actually sell the land that he's entrusting with uh, managing, and according to the Federal Land Policy Management Act of 1976, uh, which if he wished to sell it, like he has indicated that he personally probably does want to sell this land, um, it would take congressional approval, (laughs) which is good except for the fact that there's a freaking 1,400-mile geographical buffer between Congress and the BLM head office. Oh, wait. There is. Okay. So it looks like crap. It smells like crap. I'm hesitant to put this into my mouth. And probably there's some long-game pro-fossil fuel, pro-privatization, bad-for-public-land type of political chess move bullcrap going on here. So go spend some time with the information, do your own research, Uh, let me know what you think, hey, I know I can be wrong about stuff, and I'm not married to this argument, I'm married to conservation, 
All right. Enough of that. That should have you titillated and all riled up, uh, ready to go check this crap out and see what's going on. Uh, let's get into the podcast countdown. It was a little light this week, if I'm if I'm being honest with you. Uh, so there's just a couple of podcasts that I'd like to bring to your attention this week. Uh, some honorable mentions uh, in the Tom Rowland podcast showing you how to set up a legit first aid kit. Extremely helpful. You also got the HP Outdoors Waterfowl podcast, which this week was lacking Dan, but substituted what I assume is his much better looking brother. That's probably rude of me to say. I'm, I was joking. I don't know. I've never seen what Joe looks like. At any rate, uh, you've also got Cal's Week in Review. You got Killing Them from the Couch. And then uh, Powder Hooks on Gravel Podcast. And hey, please check out the Salt Strong Podcast this week. They interviewed some college kids who are doing, they're doing a fishing tournament for babies with cancer. And I'm so freaking soft since I've had my daughter. Um, and this was, I think it's something that we should all kind of, we should all listen to this kind of stuff and see how outdoors can do good for little kids. And, uh, moving on number eight, this is a new podcast for me. Uh, the soulful hunter podcast episode number six. Uh, it's pretty well produced and it sounds way better than most episode number sixes for a lot of podcasts. This episode, they're talking all about waterfowl hunting. And if you're a new hunter, you might want to try this podcast out. I subscribed and I'm putting them on the list so you might hear some more from them. Uh, next, at number seven, we've got the MVM show. What you need to know as a brand new duck hunter. Titus sits down and fleshes out everything that you need to know as a duck hunter. And uh, there's if you're a new hunter, and it sounds so repetitive, uh, I really like Titus. He's a really cool guy. It, you feel like you're in with their crew. And if you're a new hunter, you need, definitely need to go check this podcast out. Um, and if you're a seasoned hunter, you don't need to skip this one. I'll say that. You do not need to skip this one. All right. Coming in at number six, we've got The Lone Ducks Gundog Chronicles. Episode number 3D. 3D. 33. If you ain't first, you're last. Uh, featuring... The Dr. Duck Podcast, a little crossover uh, where they sit down and they talk with Dr. Duck, uh, which is Dennis, and then uh, his his sidekick, Billy, about the, the public land hunting and then every type of hunting dog out there. I'm telling you, uh, if, if you're into hunting dogs, check out the Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. Uh, they're on the Waypoint Outdoor Collective as well, and they're, it's a really great uh, – I, I love – I don't even have a dog, and I still find myself listening to it each week. If you're a dog trainer, if you're into training dogs, there's some great stuff in here. It doesn't matter what program you subscribe to or what ideology. He's got he's got a lot of good stuff on there. Also, if you're wondering why you never hear Dr. Duck on this list, I don't know. I'll ch- I'll put him on next week. I'll I'll, t- I'll give him a listen. I think they. I don't. I might be mistaken if they haven't produced something in a while. But, anyways, I will. Uh, I'll give them a listen next week. That's my bad. Um, all right, coming in at number five, we got the Hunting Collective, episode seventy-three, titled "The Washington Post Fails at Journalism," and an interview with Outside Magazine's Wes Seiler. So there's a. They started off with a pretty interesting discussion regarding 
whether or not you're responsible for the actions of your dog and how you can get a ticket for harassing wildlife from your dog. So you want to check that out if you're kind of a jerk or a uh, terrible uh, pet owner. Just saying. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of interesting conversation regarding how hunting and conservation get covered in the media and then entertaining new methods of uh, conservation funding. Yeah, so that's uh, number five, The Hunting Collective, episode 73. Next, we've got at number four, The Big Honker Podcast, episode 193. That can't be right. 193? Did I write my... 193 episodes? That's a lot of episodes, Judge. Um, This is a public land hunter one with Tyler Roach, who's a Colorado native. Uh, that gleans some interesting insight into chasing ducks and honkers in Colorado on the flat irons and in the mountains and talks a little bit about uh, green policy, if you know what I'm saying, and uh, describes a very, very peculiar incident that he had with some big honkers coming off of a particular food source. So check that one out. Quite entertaining, as always. Coming at number three, we got a brand new podcast. Say it again, brand new podcast alert. Titled, Cutting the Distance with Remy Warren. This is also brought to you by Meat Eater. Now, when I saw this, I kind of rolled my eyes when I saw it. Um, I said, okay, here it goes. I've been exposed to a lot of Meat Eater content, and I've been exposed to Remy before, and he seems like a very nice human being, but I was kind of skeptical of this one. I don't know why. I don't know why. I listened to it. And it was good. It was really good. Uh, I don't know what this is going to be. But episode number one was extremely great. It was an entertaining and capturing story that taught you a valuable lesson in hunting, specifically centered around an important lesson about how you shoot your bow at horizontal distance, not line of sight distance. It's a half an hour, and it's freaking awesome. Go check it out. Damn it, if I didn't like just a minute ago at the time of this recording, get an alert on my phone saying that Jake Terry just released a new episode with freaking Shane Smith, world champion taxidermist. I'll review it next week. Thanks, Jake. Uh, Maybe post your crap on Wednesday or something. I'm just kidding. Jake's a really great guy. Um, Coming in at number two, we got the Duck Gun Podcast, episode 106. Jordan and Elliot sit down and talk about how Elliot messed up with his new hunting puppy. Uh, preseason preparations, and then they discuss the mechanics and common problems behind poor shotgunning accuracy. They followed this Saturday release episode with a Wednesday episode that I only caught a little bit of with Justin O'Brien from Boss Shot Shell, which definitely reminded me and motivated me that I should go bust some clays before I embarrass myself in front of everybody on the Dove opener. All right, coming in at number one. If you're like thinking about it and you're like, oh man, he hasn't said Meat Eater yet. Well, it's because uh, Meat Eater came in at number one. I don't care what you say. It was a really good episode. Episode 180, titled Teeth, Horns, and Claws. And Steve talks with Doug, I think it's Emian or Emlin, um, the author of Animal Weapons, a book that talks about biological arms races of wild animals and their weapons that they develop. Drawing the line between deer antlers and the rut. Um, And then America and Soviet Union's nuclear arms race. Well, that's just some freaking highly 
highly produced crap right there, and I don't know why you're not going to go listen to that. That's number one, Meat Eater, episode 180, Animal Weapons. Also, of course, please check out this week's Foul Front Glassing Hour episode with Zach Bowden of The Hunting Photographer. And also, guys, uh, if you wouldn't mind, please take a minute. If you enjoyed this, uh, do a written review, a five-star review, uh, I would hope, of the show. And if you find another show from listening to this podcast, which is the, the intent, please leave them a review as well. And let them know that you found them uh, through, through this through this show. Um, that'd be pretty helpful. I'd like to show them that there's a little bit of uh, utility in all this. But I really appreciate um, the emails that you guys are sending to me. I know a lot of you are asking me questions and sending me uh, podcasts that I need to listen to, and there are a lot of podcasts. I'll say that. I can probably only handle like eight with my current workload and, uh, you know, without ticking my wife off too bad. I what, what am I at here? Oh, man, I'm at like 19 minutes right now. I better go. All right, guys, uh, head on over to our foulfront.com so you can get 30% off of uh, if you're if you need a hunting jacket for this uh, uh, for this upcoming season, check it out. There's a pretty good, uh, pretty good deal on there right now. And then uh, head on over to our Facebook page and let me know what you think about this as a whole. And I hope you have a great weekend and I will see you guys Monday. Got the listener episode. It's freaking great. All right. Bye. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.